Pray with me, please. Be with us this morning, God. Quiet our hearts. May our spirits be still, that we might hear from you. Amen. And so it was that they spit on him and hurled insults at him. They mocked him and called him derogatory names. They shouted for the authorities to crucify him. And then when they did, they cheered their approval. They poured out upon him contempt. It's a remarkable thing, really, that a man such as this could draw such contempt. It's a thing so remarkable that having heard the story so many times, we we can forget just how remarkable a thing it really is that a man this humble, a man this just, a man this righteous, a man this noble, a man this worthy of praise, that a man like this could be despised so much. And yet he was. It's right there in the gospel. It's right there at the center of the Christian story. Here was a man true and pure and noble and excellent. Here was a man who, if ever there were a man worthy of praise. Well, if ever there were such a man, here he was. And yet our lesson from Luke's gospel today shows a mass of humanity looking upon this man and shouting out, crucify him. In preparation for Holy Week, which of course begins today, I spent this past week reading through the Gospel of Luke, start to finish, over and over again, just to get the flavor of things. And as always, I was struck by many things in the Gospel. But one of the things that I was most struck by this week, as I came again and again to this passage from Luke chapter 23 was the way that Jesus' words in the face of this hatred and violence and ridicule were of such a piece with Jesus' character throughout the entire narrative leading up to it, if that makes any sense. I was struck by how the words Jesus offers here in this moment How these words are in such accord with the character he displays throughout the rest of the story. As the moment of impact comes, as Jesus is strewn to that cross, Jesus speaks these words. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Forgive them, Father. For they know not what they do. In the face of all of this, that is what this exemplary man says. And this response, it struck me, was not only exemplary and inspiring and shocking and moving, but moreover, 
it was resonant with everything else Jesus had ever done and said until this point. Now there is so much that we could discuss together on this Palm Sunday. There's so many different directions to go theologically with this passage. There is so much to say about Jesus' willingness to go to the cross and die for us and for our sin. And this coming Holy Week, we will have much to say about all of these things. But for today, for our Palm Sunday purposes, I want us simply to focus here on the person of Jesus, on the God who made himself nothing on our behalf. I want us to focus on him here now hanging on a tree unjustly. And instead of responding with anger, with bitterness, with resentment, with malice. I want us to focus today how on instead... How he responds to this moment with humility and with compassion and with pity and with love. Today on this Palm Sunday, I want us to look at him just as he is now. I want us to see him there high and lifted up on that cross and saying, forgive them, Father. For they know not what they do. Yes, I want us to see him hanging there. And I want us to focus on and meditate on and think about his response. Now as we see him hanging there. As we are looking at him high and lifted up on that cross. And as we are reflecting on his unfathomable response to that, as we are doing that, I want us to quickly turn our attention to Paul's letter to the Philippians. To that tremendous letter where Paul holds Jesus up to the Philippians as the example by which Christ's followers are supposed to live. You know, that tremendous letter that Paul concludes like this, saying, and so finally, my beloved, it all comes down to this. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent and worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Look at these things. Now here's why I bring up Philippians chapter 4 today. Here's why I bring up these words as we together on this Palm Sunday look at this man Jesus high and lifted up hanging there on this cross. I bring up Philippians chapter 4 in this moment simply because there is nothing more true. Because there's nothing more honorable. Because there's nothing more commendable. I bring up Philippians chapter 4 because there's nothing more excellent or more worthy of praise for us as Christ followers to think about than this man 
hanging on this cross. And follow me here, his response to it. Having said that, let me read this little summary statement from Philippians just one more time. It's that important we get it in our heads. And so finally, my beloved, it all comes down to this. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let us recall that Paul writes these words to the Philippians just after he has counseled them to guard their hearts and their minds. He has been telling them, in effect, pay attention to what you're paying attention to. Think about what you're thinking about. Look closely at what you're looking closely at. Because these things, he is saying, will inevitably affect how you live and move and be in the world. What you look at and what you think about and what you reflect upon, he is saying, will inevitably shape who you are at your very core. Spend your time looking at things that celebrate power and victory and might. And you will inevitably come to covet power and victory and might. And likewise, despise those things and those people that don't. Spend your time looking at things that celebrate division and foment anger and resentment. You will inevitably grow more and more suspicious of and resentful of others. Spend your time looking at things that demean others and that condescendingly mock others. You will become more and more prone to demeaning others and condescendingly mocking others. Spend your time looking at things that are shallow and trivial. And you will slowly come to care chiefly about things that are shallow and trivial. It's just the way things work, Paul is saying. And so, he then follows that by saying, if we really want to be Christ, if we really want to grow into a person who is more and more like Christ, if we really want to grow into a person like Christ, Paul writes, let us think about those things that are true and honorable and just and commendable and worthy of praise. Not those other things, Paul is saying. No, if there are any things worthy of praise and excellent, let us think of those things, he writes. Well, I unpack all of this from Philippians on this Palm Sunday, so as to say once more, there is nothing in the final analysis more true, more honorable, more just, more praiseworthy for us to look at than this Jesus who is now hanging before us on this cross. And so per the Apostle Paul, if we want to become like him, we must look at him. 
We must stop looking so long at things other than him and contrary to him and spend more time looking right at him. We must let him, that is his presence, his example, his character, his spirit, his very being, we must let him, not all those other things that we are prone to spending so much time looking at, we must let him begin to affect us and shape us and thus orient the way we live and move and have our being in the world. Yes, on this Palm Sunday, we must look on him high and lifted up on that cross. And unlike the crowds looking at him and shouting insults and hating him for his humble and loving and sacrificial way, we must instead learn to love him for it. And moreover, we must seek to live in such a way ourselves. And that leads me back now to my comment earlier about how resonant Jesus' words are in this moment here in Luke chapter 23. How resonant these words are with Jesus' entire character leading up to this moment. What I was struck by while reading through Luke's gospel this week was that in order for Jesus to respond the way he did in this moment, it took a lifetime of his responding this way in preparation for it. It's important for us to note that when Jesus says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do, it's important for us to note that he clearly means this. The humility and the compassion and the love of his very being, it simply comes through. It just leaps off the page as we read this passage. And this is not just because Luke is a tremendous writer, though he is. Instead, it's because Luke has captured the essence of this man whose life he has been narrating throughout the whole gospel. Jesus was prepared to respond this way in this critical final moment because of how he'd responded to everything else leading up to it. In Luke chapter 2, if you'll recall, Luke writes of Jesus' growth from boyhood to adulthood, saying, and he increased in wisdom and maturity. Well, that increase is nowhere more demonstrable is nowhere on more fitting display than right here on the cross as he now says, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And so here then is the point. If we as disciples are called to have the same mind in us as was in Christ Jesus, If we are to respond to reality in our own lives in the same humble, loving, selfless way that Jesus responded to reality in his, we must understand that we can't just engender that kind of response when we decide we want to. We can't just take on and off our Christ-likeness hats at will. No, our response in times of difficulty and pressure and stress and anxiety, times like now, 
must be of a piece with our character in all other moments of our lives. It is that which prepares us. It is that which forms us. And thus, if we want to be able to respond to situations in our own lives with the same kind of humility and love as Christ did when saying, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And I aspire to that myself. I pray you do too, that level of humility and compassion. If we want to be able to respond in a way such as this, then we have to take all other moments in our lives captive to Christ's way as well. So here's what that means then. It means that if we want to grow in wisdom and maturity, it means that if we want to increase in the stature of our Christ-likeness, it means then that we must meditate on Him It means that we must think about Him. It means that we must look at Him. And in looking at Him, it means that instead of despising Him for His humility and His selflessness and His willingness to be spit on and maligned, it means that we instead, unlike those crowds who rejected Him then and that reject Him still, It means that we must look on Him as our model. It means that we must see Him as the most true and pure and just and honorable and excellent and praiseworthy man in the history of the world. It means that we must let the sight of Him there begin to affect the souls of us here. It means that we must let the shape of his passion then begin to shape the core of our person now. Dear friends, 2,000 years ago, the crowds who'd once hailed him as king shouted for his crucifixion. All because they suddenly realized that he didn't represent the kingdom and the power and the glory that they wanted for themselves. 2,000 years later, crowds still reject him for this same reason. In fact, 2,000 years later, we as disciples often reject him for this same reason ourselves. Oh, we love the powerful conquering Jesus. But we grow quickly ashamed of the humble crucified Jesus. Not today. Not on Palm Sunday. Would that we'd let that shame cease this Palm Sunday. Instead, let us on this Palm Sunday, at the start of this holy week, let us look away from those idols that would tempt us to tease His humility. Let us on this Palm Sunday look away from those idols that would make us malign His compassion. Let us on this Palm Sunday look away from those idols that would lead us to resent His selflessness. And let us on this Palm Sunday look to His example as He hangs there on the cross. And would that this sight, 
This sight so excellent and worthy of our praise. Would that this sight guard our hearts and our minds. Would that this sight prepare us to be able to say in our own inevitable times of humility and persecution. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Would that we'd have that mind in us on this Palm Sunday. For that is the mind of Christ. Amen.